What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? It's your birthday. I know, not yet, but almost. But when this comes out, it's your birthday. It's not. Still not. On Friday? No, by Friday, it's still two, three days before my birthday. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> As my sister once said to me, you're not very good with people's birthdays. No, yours. you're not great with numbers. I'm not. In general. I'm not. Numbers not. are really, it's just not my thing. Mm-mm. Your birthday is? The 17th, which is Monday, so almost a week from now. And that's going to be game night. Game night. Game night at, at the residence because we have rehearsal on Sunday. So when you texted and we're, mm. and we're like, can we I'm always game night? It's so laughable the amount of time you set aside for rehearsals. What do you mean? When you're like five to eight. I'm like, <laughs> that's crazy. That's two hours of talking and half an hour of working. Great. <laughs> we'll be all warmed up and ready to go. Well, the thing is about with our duet, there's some, uh, some things that are going to have to change. Why? Because you can dance more? I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be pushing myself to dance more. I might. I just need to see how it's going with my foot. It doesn't oh, feel great. Oh, okay. My foot does not feel great. I have been going to the gym every day. I've been doing my PT. I've been trying to do the things, but I want to see what it's like in that duet. Um... But, uh, so you might be released before I am released. I, I watched. I watched the video of the show. It's a good show. Thank you. And, um, my, when, by the time I'm on stage, it's a half an hour. I was like, I'm out there for a long time. I oh, you're like, on stage for half an hour? I'm on stage for a long time. I have to talk mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. I do a duet. I do that long solo. I was like, this is long. Whatever video you sent us, I don't know what night that is, but... In the context of how many shows we did, we, we didn't we do did a lot. We did four. It was really on my leg in terms of like turning with James. You look so fantastic. It was really like, how did I that Denver? That's in the not, metronome section. Unlikely. You guys look really great. I know. You always looked great. No, if that's in your mind and you're. I know you always say that, and I, I was do. thinking that because I today I took Cunningham, and I had a good time. But you know, there's like there's. There's, a, like, this thing that happens sometimes in the middle of class where, like, I'll literally stop doing the combination because I won't be able to move, go on. And, like... What, because why? My body will become so confused that, like, I just have to stop and regroup. And, I mean, this all happens within, a, a like, second. two seconds. Yeah. But, like, in those two seconds or a second and a half, like, this dialogue that goes through my head is insane, which is basically, like... You're worthless. No, this is just your body. And then, like, nothing to prove, only to share, carry on. You know what I mean? It's insane. Or, like, uh, love- you know, you're the, you're older than the other people in this room. It's, you know, crazy. Like, I it's, lose my mind. It's good, though, to hear that you have that, you know, because sometimes I think you can come off as someone who is totally even keel Sagittarius, like, morality of a Parisian woman in the 50s. Mm. And it's just sort of like, well, you know, whatever. I do but like. But you were uh, also hit by the, by the the humbling of capital D dance. It really, yeah, it will. There's nothing like it. Do you feel your ballet training? Did that, did that partly to you? I mean, part you're a perfectionist by trade, by life, and so yeah. I mean, boy choir school and a place for everything and everything in its place. But I think then, I always had like. Uh, an understanding of the rigor that goes into like any training in a classical art form right. or in a, you know, an art form that has like extreme coordination or skill involved. And 
when I, I went into dance late. And so, but what I, I didn't only just go into dance late and be like, this is fun. I went into dance late with like a lot of interest in what it was supposed to be. So like mm. I had this avid curiosity where I was like looking at all the dance magazines and videos and like understanding how it can be, mm. which created like this incredible frustration because you wanted to be what that can be. Right. You wanted to be a New York city ballet dancer, like Circa Suzanne. No, that, no, that didn't, my appreciation for something like Suzanne wasn't until later because okay. Suzanne like technically was bizarre. Like that is, <laughs> that is like a lot of cuckoo, you know, but for those of you who don't know, we're talking about Suzanne Farrell for, for, uh, yeah. for the people who listen to this, who aren't ballet, what happened? I'm you. talking, I think like one of, one of the first documentaries I saw was one about Sylvie Guillaume that was on the South Bank oh show God. when Bravo used to be like an arts network. Right. And I remember I taped it and I watched it obsessively and I was That's like, the one you showed me when we were in your studio that one right day, and i was she like does, like, this the is possible cc I think cc yeah, yeah, yeah and i and it really messed me up because yeah. i was like that's what i need <laughs> yes <laughs> at Whereas, like, at like 16 yeah at like 16, 15 16 15 16 looking at sylvie and if i had seen a more like suzanne stuff i think it would have been liberated in terms of like dance is anything you know um, maybe though I do, I find that when I've watched videos of Suzanne, there is, there's a quality of, of it that makes it seem like it's, she's just living this. It's just happening. And I yeah. can't imagine how frustrating that would be for people who are like, I just, I'm just technically going to get that thing. But she had that other thing of this kind of, it, she made it look effortless. She, well, she was, and at like yeah. the edge of her life too. Like she yeah. also dancing at the edge of her uh, facility. And she had a kind of uncanny way of like not falling off point or falling off point, and making it work. Like, yeah. but I mean, it's not. It's not a beautiful line. It's not a beautiful. Mm. It's not an amazing technique. It's just an amazing dancer. Amazing. Yeah. I really, I would love to have her on the podcast in this next year. And I mean, can you imagine Sylvie? We should have Sylvie. Oh, um, let's, that'd be incredible. Uh, let's go to Switzerland, find her in the hills with her dogs. And oh, have she a, might come here. Have a vegetarian meal. And she, she might pop on by. She'll love ask Riley way. or you could ask Drew. You know, I, I have asked the people at the Joy stories about her because oh. they've produced like Sylvie shows or right, whatever. Right, right, right. And she, her writer is just like, set in stone basically uh-huh. so like they're like we have a room for you at the four seasons or whatever Heaven. she's like no i'll be staying at the mandarin oriental it's not a discussion yeah it just is what are other things in her writer that you can recall when no she, interviews when i don't know i think there's probably cer- there's certainly yeah. i'm sure re- press restrictions but right. when she comes off stage there has to be a certain sized vessel with a certain amount of ice in it, ready for her to plunge her body into immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. I really, it's really deep for me. That's part of the contract. Oh, that's so heaven. Do you remember any like food stuff, like a sushi moment or a, no, like, I'm I sure. need to have no. espresso, etc. No, I didn't hear the fine, fine details. Um, one of my favorite warm ups ever is from, um, have you ever heard Diamanda Gallus? Diamanda Gallus. Gallus. Yeah, sounds familiar. It's three octave range. It's a. It's uh-huh. a really. It's. 
it's uh, it's like a weapon voice. It's really I don't think you'll like it, but I'll I'll pl- I'll play you some when we're done with this. But um, uh, I remember watching when I was reading this when I was in my like early twenties and starting to want to make work. And she said, you know, my warm up is having I have three cappuccinos until the filthiest jokes I can think of. Mm. And I thought that sounds good, and mm. that's in a way what I do now. I have a lot of caffeine. I'm pretty chatty with everyone and I want everyone to feel really great mm-hmm. and then out we go how did we get on this topic well we were talking we we're, we're talking about failure we were talking about failure and that is coming up for you in these you're taking Cunningham right. class what's going on with the Cunningham solo that you're I'm doing I'm one of the dancers in the can you say what solo yeah. you're doing so, oh no I don't know I mean I know what they're from but I don't know what they are do you know what I mean? Like, they're like, you're doing a solo from this dance. And then what you're like... What solo? What dance? Well, who cares? I'm not gonna... Okay. It doesn't matter. No one's gonna... Who cares? <laughs> it's just well. like word, words. <laughs> well, I mean, some people will know what piece uh, you're talking about. Oh, well, I'll let about. you know when I know. Okay. When I'll let you know when okay. I've learned it. Okay. I'm really bummed I won't be here. Well, you can watch the live telecast. Anyways, right. I'm gonna dance in, in the, the woods. Cunningham Centenary in the BAM event. And so I've been... Trying to get my body in some form of shape for it. And, you know, generally, like, I do have a good sense of humor about, like, failure in class. And, like, Mm -hmm. I generally am the only person, like, being vocal and laughing during Cunningham. And that's been the case for years. It's a very serious class. But um, that's, like, how I got my first job. Do you know that? No. When I was at PMB being a trainee and everyone was, like, super crazed about, like, you know, trying to get a job, get in the court of ballet somewhere. And they, the great thing about PMB is that directors from all over the country would come and watch us take class. Right. And then they'd sometimes offer you a job after class. And my first year there, a few different directors offered me jobs, but David Nixon from Ballet Met offered me a job, which I didn't take that year, but I did take the following year. But he was basically like, I, you know, I, be glad to have you come join the company. And I was like, oh, well, I'm really very, like, I still need another year of training. He was like, I like that you uh, laugh at yourself when you make mistakes. And he was like, and I feel like we want to get our hands on you before you get too trained. What, so I made the mistake of staying in <laughs> yeah. And getting more trained and becoming more terrified? Well, yeah, becoming angrier and yeah. getting... Uh, worse, maybe hurting myself because the turnout was more. Well, the training was irresponsible. Wow, as like yeah. most balancing training is. I'll just say right. it that fast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it fast. And the people who heard it heard it, and the people who didn't didn't. Yeah. Um, I was I was talking to Michelle last week on my drive uh, back, and she brought up if someone doesn't have a sense of humor, I don't want to work with them. And oh, I really, is, oh I, I was God. like, Michelle, that when you learn that, the rest of life opens up for you. Totally. If they don't have a sense of humor, they got to go because it's just, uh, I can't. It's I mean, a, the self-seriousness and the ego that will come along with that is going to make bad art. Well, you know, what's interesting. On Friday night, I went to Mariah Evans show at the kitchen and... Mariah is such an interesting character to me because she's very straightforward. She has a kind of like dry dryness about her delivery that is unlike anyone I've ever met. Mm-hmm. 
Like, if she didn't like something... She'll let you know right away. She'll let you know. Oh, yeah. But I also think there's a humor behind that, maybe. I have definitely laughed with Mariah in many a place. I can remember... You know, I was supposed to see that show on Saturday, and I couldn't get back to New York in time. Well... Let me tell you what. It was a great show. They made the kitchen look incredible. The way it was lit, it was totally empty. There were mm. no bleachers. They just had a few... Sp- st- what chairs? Tuffets? No, no chairs. Uh, um, benches? No. Platforms. Uh, okay, platforms. Like little tiered platforms uh. where you could sit and the performers would be on the highest part of the platform. Mm. And... They were, the piece was some kind of score where they were doing a lot of like convulsing, mm-hmm. sort of like in that speaking on dance video they from, did of her. From one, right. She did last year, yeah. Uh-huh. They're shaking, a lot of shaking. And then mm-hmm. sometimes they would like vocalize, like sound would start to come out of them. And then they would start laughing hysterically. Mm-hmm. There was like four performers. Mariah was one of them. And right. a musician performer. And then sometimes. Nicole was in it. Nicole Manorino was in it. Yep. Incredible. And then sometimes they would start sobbing. Mm-hmm. Like they're because they were the the physical tension was remarkable that they mm-hmm. were dealing with for seventy five minutes. Right, they would start sobbing, and then um, always one person would be outside of it taking notes, and mm-hmm. then slip back into it. Another person would be taking notes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the funniest show I'd ever seen, and so I w- and I was <laughs> laughing, but you could see all the audience because it was uh-huh. the whole room was lit, uh-huh. and no one was laughing, but. What it kind of show do you think they thought it was? I don't know. And was this feeling more like, what kind of crowd was it? Could it you, was the could youth. You vibe it it was the people the we know. Okay. And I remember looking across. I wish we could have gone to it together at, like, at and Mary Reed. And had a good time. Mary Reed was sitting next to Lily, yeah. and they were they were sort of serious. And then Mary saw me smiling, and then she smiled at me. Yeah. Mariah at one point was like going really close to um, Mary and she hit her and like through her convulsing was just like, so sorry. Yeah. And then she kept going. <laughs> kept going. Mariah, meanwhile, yeah. was wearing a gold tank leotard with black jazz sneakers and a medical ankle brace. And when I saw the ankle brace, I'm waiting again, a medical. Oh, yeah. Like not a wrap, like right. a medical ankle brace. I get it. I, I get was, it, girl. oh my God, stitches. I thought it was so good. And then... Did um, you ask her if she needed the brace or if it was costume? Oh, she needed the brace. Okay. And then at the very end, all, you know, the sound stopped, the lights became more normal, and Mariah was up on a platform. They were all looked exhausted. And within, like, two seconds of the sound ending, mm-hmm. she just sort of, like, completely broke character, and she's like, thanks for coming. <laughs> that yeah. was it. Great. End of great. show. Great. That was great. I mean, I think that the experience of being able to laugh inside of a work that to me sounds like it's trying to generate catharsis. Yeah. And so, and it's always interesting, I feel, in an audience relationship of is just, is the audience up for engaging with catharsis or are they viewing it from analysis? And, you know, I, I'm, into, right. I'm into finding work that can actually definitely have research and analysis inside of it, but that elicits some sense of catharsis with its audience because right. we well, are, we're, we're all well-read. It definitely was like about the dancers experiencing some kind of, yeah. experiencing some kind of catharsis. Clearly, so as like, they go through this. I, that particular night, my, I allowed myself to like go through that with them sort of, except yeah. like for me, it was truly comedy. Which I, is catharsis. I Laughing it. is catharsis. Yeah. 
you know, I, I feel that the times when I have not had, like the opposite to me is when I'm sitting just going through a piece analytically because that's how the piece is structured itself for me, which is sort of, you know, that great thing of like, is it a paper or a performance? And we know what those are. I mean, we've, you and I have seen works that have been like, that's a paper. Uh, Well, I mean, when you go to a show that has extensive program notes, you just know you're in for something. You're in for it. You know, Shenway made great shows, but he also loved a program note. So like, it could be wrong. Like, program notes for map i remember seeing map at lincoln center and it had like five pages of program notes and i was like this is not acceptable five pages of program Uh notes wow martha had program notes but they were so elliptical and kind of abstract and mythological even in what the notes were in the program for i'm like who cares i'm never gonna read a program note i mean hi (laughs) i mean hi i can't remember when I've ever done a program note, actually. No, I was if like, you well, need to read a paper to understand the thing you're watching or to enjoy the thing you're watching, I'm like... You're well, going to see that it's a it's a live performance and then you can either read a preview piece I've done for an interview or not. Totally. I like to read afterwards to see right. like what the artist intended to I do. I do like a direct experience. Me too. I want a direct experience. Farm to table. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I saw the Juilliard kids on Sunday afternoon. Winter dances. Um, Well, the kids are incredible. It's really a shock. Again, even at my age and experience and like being able to be like, everything's okay. Like, well, you're not because clearly you're critiquing yourself in class. So that means it's in you. It's out of you. Watching those kids. I'm just like, I shouldn't have ever danced. I mean, they're beyond anything I could have dreamed of physically capable. The training is so, 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 so different. Because of competition dance. And it's, you and I have talked about that before. Yeah. It is a different landscape now, girl. Yeah. It is like people are, you know, going into auditions, giving you a Cirque du Soleil remix. Yeah. And that is very different and than when, when we Julia were actually in high school. And when Julia gets their hands on these kids and cleans them up and yeah. then puts them on stage in like something reasonable, you're really like, oh my With God. all that crazy it's facility they have and speed There's, and adrenaline. You can't stop them. They're mm-hmm. on their legs. Mm-hmm. They're twirling. They're jumping backflips. Yes, it's anywhere. just all happening. <laughs> now the show itself, you know, uh-huh. this is the program. Who are the choreographers? Well, they do, you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, yeah, I remember. seniors, right? Yeah. The so freshman had a choreographer named Marcus something. Okay. I don't know who he is, but okay. I enjoyed the dance. Uh-huh. It was very much a contemporary ska, uh-huh. but the architecture of it was really nice. Mm. And it was really all, uh, the theme of it was on the nose. It, the piece was called Quilt. And mm. it was like costumes that looked like quilts and lighting that looked <laughs> like quilts. And, you know, okay. there was the, the sound score had grandma's talking about quilts. So I was like, oh. okay, quilts. Will work. I mean... I mean, Letting if you're going to well, they let us have quilts, like, full stop. Honey, I'm going to serve you quilt something fierce. Yes. We were absolutely quilting through that dance. And the dancers quilted it up. Uh, they just quilted this away and that away. This one queen, she just quilted all the way from upstage right, downstage left. No. She was letting you Let me tell you, the it. freshman quilted up a storm. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. amazed. Work. So I enjoyed them. And uh-huh. the... Ugh, I think, like, when people make dances on Juilliard Kids, you must celebrate their virtuosic skills. You must. Because you can be conceptual with them or whatever, but, you know, they're not at an age where that's going to really resonate. Because, really, they need to move, these people. They need to move. move. Okay. The second dance was by Nellie Von Brommel. 
and it was uh, it was the sophomores, and there was a couple moments that were nice, but generally I found it uh, aggravating. Oh, it was like one of those like very cloying soundtracks with like sort of. Um, you mean like kind of a rain stick moment? Oh no 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 no! It was like a playlist of like. Uh, old standards and like someone singing a French song and oh, uh, I know, not great. The French song moment oh, is like uh, like an Edith Piaf moment oh. or Jacques Brel. I was no, really no. like leave me no. alone. Big time, big time LMA. Um, then the third, the third years did a piece by this uh, someone named Peter Chu who went to Juilliard and it was fun. It was live jazz music that was made by the students and. Um, it was danced really, really well. It was well. made by the undergrads? N- made by the musicians at Juilliard. Jazz musicians. Don't, does Juilliard have a graduate music department? No. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. It doesn't matter. And the, yeah, they have a, they have masters. They have I masters. I know they have a music. masters. I know they have a, a, like a master director. They like, have dance, ma- no, not dance, music masters. Okay, cool. And, um. And you liked it? I liked it. Uh-huh. And the, then the last piece was... Was it jazz? It was contemporary, contemporary. dance, and it had a lot of, like, repetitive, um, very, like, locked kind of muscular movements they would do in these little pod groups moving around. Uh-huh. I really liked that. Uh-huh. There was also a part where they all swarmed over a piano while the uh-huh. pianist continued playing it. It looked like World War Z when they're coming over the wall in Israel. Remember oh, yeah. the zombies? Yeah, yeah, it yeah, looked yeah. like that, but slower. <laughs> Okay. I like that. Uh-huh. Got it. Okay. The last dance was the seniors, and I have to say I'm so sad for them because oh. it started as, like, an installation in the lobby where they were, like, kind of, like... So there was an intermission. There was two intermissions. Woof, I know. Honey. They were doing, like, a vin oh, tableau honey. on these tables in the lobby in the hideous costume, most hideous costumes. Oh. And then they... The piece started, and it was more of, like, a theatrical installation on stage. Uh, I don't know what it was about, but it was very boring and slow, and there was almost no dancing. And I was really like, this is sad for them and us. Wow. It was terrible. Did you know the person who did it? Stephanie Batten Bland. Sorry. That doesn't seem... I don't know what to say. Um... Brand for her. I've not seen her work. I have to say, I have seen two pieces that I really liked of hers. Well, there you go. So, so like, uh, I you know, I think her the direction she took was not right for them. Okay. Anyways, that was the Juilliard show, and... I love that you did. I really uh, wish that I could have... I mean, it just... I wasn't going to get back here on time on Saturday. I, I saw the Twilight show. And I had to be like, sorry, please release those, but I'd wanted to see Mariah. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, well. Um, you saw the what? Twyla. Twyla show. show. How was that? Um, I loved this video that Joyce posted where it's like... The dancers just lit so well. It's an all-black stage, and she's just kind of doing, like, an early Twyla moment. Mm-hmm. And well, it was, of, a, it was an early of, Twyla show. Oh, it was? Okay, yeah. work. The, but the first half, I think you would have been mad, was a TED Talk, basically. She Excuse me? So she stood on stage behind a podium, uh-huh. or a music and stand. did a paper. And she talked about herself in the third person for the whole time. She was like, as, then she... As a joke, or No. no. Not as, like, an ego joke? No. Not like how... Okay. So she was giving you the history of her early experience as a choreographer. In the third person. In the third person. Yes. That is, yeah. So have you ever seen Suddenly Last Summer? 
there's this great part. With Elizabeth Taylor? Yeah, there's this great part where, you know, she's fully losing her mind and she's like, I realized, she says something like, I realized things were taking a turn when I started to write about myself in the, uh, what does she say? I think she says in the third person. She woke up early this morning, uh-huh. took a quick walk to get a coffee, yeah. and ran back to the hotel. You know, it's something that like that. That was Twyla. Uh-huh. But you learned a lot. I learned about how she got her start. Her And there was projections of her, like, extraordinary note-taking for all these, like, very minimalist things she made in the beginning. And then but it was just a talk. For with, da- with dancers often de- demonstrating. Oh, okay. So she talked about herself in the third person with dancers demonstrating. Yeah. A la, like, Martha Graham Dancers World, except present on stage. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And there were amazing parts. Like mm-hmm. when she was like towards the end of the minimalism phase, she made it up something called the fugue and the dancers did a demonstration of it and it knocked my socks off. I was really like, well, I wish this had continued to be your direction. Cause she, mm-hmm. f- for as gifted as Twyla is, I think she was never fully embraced by the Judson movement because she right. sort of stepped in and stepped out into the world of the mainstream because she was like, I'm going to make money. Good for her. Let me tell you what. That's what I want to do. And I think she did bring like make some money that incredible research and rigor into some of her mainstream work, which is great. Yeah. But she also didn't. Sometimes she just made full garbage. What was that thing we saw where those people were on Pilates balls? It was the Bob Dylan Did I, musical. I didn't see that. You didn't watch that clip? No. Well, it is... Oh, I did. We, I thought I watched it together, like, after the Rosie show or something, and it's, like, oh, the Bob Dylan musical. Oh, my God. And they're, like, on those Pilates balls, and I just was, like... You know what? It happens. Cooler. She's, like, they're gonna give me all this money, and I'm gonna... Whatever. She also, like, has made it a point in her life to never see other people's work, and did you know that about her? She doesn't see other people's work. Because she thinks it taints her process. And I'm like, bye. <laughs> like, there's nothing you're going to learn from being uh, alone. No, um, my God. You know, like, in a vacuum, like, making notes about counts or whatever. But anyways, she has made incredible work. We all know that. She made the fugue. And then the second half of the show was an early piece called Eight Jelly Rolls. And I don't like the piece particularly, mm-hmm. but... Did they eat eight jelly rolls? I wish. That's Can a good piece. Can you That's imagine? If no. They came out, danced... Like, pretty hard for maybe 90 seconds. And then was like, can someone give me those jelly rolls? <laughs> and then you watch one dancer eat eight jelly rolls. So good. And then be like, thanks, bye. <laughs> well, they, they, the music is like kind of silent, filmy music. It's Mario Brothers. Uh-huh. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch other people's work, but I do like to play video games, and there's a lot of choreography that happens in Mario. <gasps> That's a great dance. I could make a great dance with just like hops and shuffles. <laughs> so, at any rate, they. Um, but in the middle of this dance was a solo that Reed Tankersley did. Do you know Reed? My namesake. <laughs> Anyways, he did this dance, a solo that I couldn't believe. It was so beautiful. He is such like a fully realized dancer. It was amazing. I was amazed. Uh, he was amazing. I was amazed. I was amazed. I was wow, amazed. you really did a weekend. You know, when the semester ends... When are you seeing Neil Greenberg's show? I don't know. So maybe we can go see it next Saturday. Next Saturday? You mean this Saturday? Uh, yeah. What day is it? Yeah, Tuesday. this Saturday. Okay. Uh-huh. I was like, it'll I be over. I feel 
It's a real manic panic Janet. We well, can go Saturday. Okay, yeah, let's look at tickets when we're done with this. I, oh, also I will just say, Kara Chan, who was in um, Four Quartets this past summer, Pam's yes. piece, remember her? Yes. Incredible. She incredible. was also in the Twilight Show. Incredible. She's incredible. Um, That's all I have to say about Twilight Show. Great. We'll get to see things. We'll see Neil. We're going to see The Hard Nut. I've seen it. You've seen it. Jeremy We've hasn't. Seen it. So oh, Jeremy it. hasn't. It'll be love so it, sweet. It, it. it was like when I took him to see... Balanchine's Nutcracker oh, and he okay. cried in snow. It's the best. It's that Balanchine snow is, yeah, it's the best. Mark Morris does the second best snow. I fully agree. I mean, choreographically, probably the best. Um, Visually, Balanchine's is the best. Visual, I agree with that. I agree with that Thank statement. You. Thank I you. do. I fully agree. I had to think back. I, the What they do with like carrying the snow out in their hands Amazing. and the like. Gender neutral. Gender neutral. And then it starts to build and build and build and build. And they're just going to jete, jete, jete for so your life. Good. And crisscross. Criss- like, so much crisscrossing. So much sauce. crisscrossing. And you're also kind of like, are they going to hit each other? Like it uh-huh. speeds up at that into this thing. He's so good. He's so good. When Mark is like when at, Mark is good, he's the best. I agree. <gasps> when Mark is good, he's the best. <laughs> I mean, I, there's. I'm thinking. I'm. I'm thinking across numerous choreographers who I. I really love, and you know, we'll get to it. Well, it'll be, not not this week, but coming out will be our top fives. We're we'll oh, to think back on this past. My year. lists are growing, growing because I've just remembered stuff, and I had to add a movie because I saw a movie. What did you see? Jack, it's maybe one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Border? What's Border? It's this movie I just heard about that I really want to see. What did you see? It's called Roma. I can't wait. I've already seen it. Don't tell me anything about it. Jack, I literally like... Did you cry? Oh, yeah, like painfully. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, I was like, my mind had been blown. That is what people are saying. It was... Eileen Miles was like, this is it, you guys. This is the movie. It's This is it. Jack. I need to see it. Because I feel like that's going to take my top movie of this past year. I, th- I think it took my top movie. Well, yeah. definitely of the past year. And I'm wondering about my life. <laughs> it's really insane. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a magician. What is the movie he had done before? Gravity. Right. I remember... It was like from the director of Gravity, but then when I saw the trailer, I, I and also something else famous. No. He's done. Oh, he did E Tu Mama Tambien. Right? That movie, I had chills just that flooded all over my back and over my skull and into so my face. So think about how different those two movies are, right? Yeah. And then put them together. So it's like all of the magic of Gravity in terms of like the virtuosic filmmaking that right. you can't. You're like, how is this happening? Right. On top of like a much more intimate story. I can't wait. I remember seeing... Did you see Each Moment Tampion in the theater? No. I saw it on Vidya. I saw it in at Sunshine Cinema. Mm-hmm. And I went with my friend Renee Benson. It was... Remember Renee? Oh, my God. I love her forever. She's like, will forever be family. Um, she's in New Orleans now. Mm-hmm. Um, when, it, when it got... The, the movie theater started to get hot just from people... Being so, like, this movie is too sexy. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to the part where the boys kiss, mm-hmm. something started to drip on my head. What? The ceiling was sweating from people's body oh, temperature. Okay, I got nervous. And literally, <laughs> oh, I know. 
No. I was really no. like, I thought that was going to be your like Prague sex club no, story no, no, where no. you woke up and there was a yeah. penis on your face. No, I did not. That is not that story. You is that a different story? That. I never woke up and there was a penis on my face. <laughs> that has never happened. That is like, that's not true. That is not true. I was, it, no. Isn't there some story where someone was just hit, like hitting their penis on, on your face <laughs> no. while you were at a dance club or something? No. Yes, or at no. a bar. I went, I, what it is was I went to... On the back of your head, maybe. <laughs> no, that is... It was, it was, I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. It it's was, one of my favorites. It's... As I, I think. No, it was when I was, I, you know, I went to when the cock was still in 12 and A and I went there and I, this guy was like, hey... Come talk to me. And while I was talking to him, I was sitting on a couch and I felt something against my shoulder. Uh-huh. And I turned and this guy had pulled his dick out, like who had like crawled up onto the couch. Wasn't that basically was, what I said? Well, I don't know <laughs> if we're going to keep that in. Why not? Because it's, I don't know. Who it's, cares? It's, because I feel like children listen st- to this. Oh, no. I feel like high school kids listen to this. That's great. I don't want them to hear that. That you went to a gay club in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> My God, you're old. It's okay. <laughs> you're old. It's your I birthday. Know. I know. I, I mean, uh, why? Because how old was I? I mean, I was deaf. I was like not even 21. I was 20. Jack, it it was literally the 90s. It was literally. When I said that, I thought I was being cruel, but that was true. Yeah, it was 99, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, um, because it's embarrassing. Because now I'm. Why? It's a great story. Oh, it's so. Someday when we find out from our, you know, like, I don't know, I need some sort of analytics on this podcast and I'll tell that prob, that prog sex club story where I did not have sex with anybody. I wish I had more penis on my shoulder stories. I have nothing even remotely like that. Penis on my shoulders (laughs) makes me happy. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so hot now. I'm like deeply sweating. Um, there won't be a surprise guest for your birthday, but there will be surprises. I wanted to, um, I wanted to, for our video content, for our Patreon Uh patrons. Yeah. Just, you know, Patreon patrons, when you, when you become a patron of our Patreon, Patreon, Mm -hmm. you'll get video content. I wanted to learn the song My Love, My Life, which is an ABBA song. Uh-huh. And cuz Meryl Streep sings it in Mamma Mia too. Uh-huh. And we I want to sing it for our video content with you. That sounds great. I uh, love that. Great. I love that. We have that That's to exciting. do. And I, I was thinking I wanted to play it on a xylophone. Oh, well, you can do that really well. I've seen you play the xylophone. Well, I need to Pretty. get one. What happened to the one you had? I don't have one. I just have that what like was weird glockenspiel thing that uh-huh. has like five notes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, another it is Reed's birthday, so if you want to get her a xylophone, don't do that because I'll be very picky. Unless you want to <laughs> call and have a conversation about it, call her up, ask her what kind of xylophone she wants, and then get it for her. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna get your presents. It's very early. This is a week early, everybody. For your birthday, yeah. I know, but. Next week, 
it'll be your birthday when the podcast comes out. That's true. Look, Monday. I don't mind getting a present early. Your birthday is going to be on Monday. You know, people people could listen. You could listeners. You could listen to this on Monday. Today I was doing work and I thought, should I? Why do I have to do work in and around my birthday and Christmas? I'll just stop doing work. <laughs> I, know, I can't. I mean, um, I feel that way about... I mean, my birthday happens at the beginning of the spring semester, and that'll be that. Can I open it? Yes. Okay. Well, everybody, it's in a beautiful new brown paper bag with handles. There's a card. There's a red bow. Oh, it's like... ASMR. I wanted to say EMDR, which is totally different. That is... Um, a therapy technique. Hot tip, everybody. These Japan has made such an art of ASMR baking videos. Just get into it. They make incredible things. And hearing the sound of like the egg crack or the stirring or even them tasting it at the end, even though you can't see their mouth, it's incredible. I'm trying to get off a little you, golden cord. Do you listen to it? Yeah. And you do that? You watch it and listen. They bake a thing. But why, and why do you like that? So good. Mm-hmm. There's also, have you ever watched these videos where they make dollhouse food? I've watched where they make tiny little food, yeah. They yeah, make tiny that. food yeah. on dollhouse kitchenware. Yes, I've seen that. I've seen that I on love Instagram. That. There's your card. It says, hello. <clears throat> oh, dear. Inside says, dear Reed, may we all get older and older and more cunt. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, J and J. Oh, oh yeah! Happy birthday! Yeah, oh yeah! Happy birthday! Because <laughs> I realized after I written it that I'd forgotten to put happy birthday in my card. Oh, then there's something wrapped up in brown paper. It's tissue paper. It's fennel goo. It's fennel pesto, finocchietto, wild fennel pesto. Delicious. Are we gonna eat it tonight with our spaghettis? No, oh. we're gonna keep yours safe. I got one for myself oh, as well, so you'll be able to try great. it. I mean, obviously, all of this came from... Books and Foods Archistratus. We have a tote bag. I love this tote bag. I wish our tote bags were this beautiful I and know. soft. We should ask her where she gets her tote bags. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, you guys? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I don't know how to do anything. It's a hard... Like when we do, though, we know how to do a lot. I know. It's just like sometimes when I see my friends, like, just, like, do things that seem absolutely impossible to me. Like what? Like Like taxes or, like, like get a nice tote bag made. Oh, okay. No, I don't feel embarrassed about not knowing how to do money. Mm. Although, um... I wish I did felt more embarrassed about it. Because, like, it's a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's not great. Is everything from Marcus Stratus? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Every... They all use, of, like, cool tape. Isn't you know that what I amazing? Mean? That's all Paige. Paige is... Paige Lepari is really... She's so tasty. She's she, such a tastemeister. She really is. And her food is gorgeous. She really gets it. This is hard to open, though. Just open the... Just rip the tape. Even then. Just, like, rip it. Just rip it out. <sighs> This is olive oil. It's from Italy. And Tinci Oliveri. Some fancy olive oil. I'm all, I finished the, my brilliant friend thing. 
I haven't, so we can't talk about it. Six episodes. I haven't. I haven't finished the first book, so we're not going to talk about it. Nope. We haven't watched the island yet when they go to the island. But, I mean, you know what happens. I know everything that happens, but it's... Like, the whole thing is just like, oh, it's the book. Yeah. I mean, it's done a little differently. Everybody looks how they look in the book. It's crazy. Yeah. There's some things that are a little different. Like, they've definitely kind of, like, pushed some things together, because they have to for time. Yeah. Also, when I read those books, I really struggled with, like, who is who. There's so many names. Uh And I'm still struggling even seeing them in real life. I'm still like, who? There's a lot of people. So many. Everyone's so mean. It's, yeah. Everyone. You guys, I love spaghetti. (laughs) I love spaghetti. This is two pounds of pasta. It is two pounds of some pasta that she said is, it's low in gluten um, and really tasty. So you don't feel like truly hideous after you've eaten it's, it. Yes, it's, what does it look like to you? Calamari? Yeah. Yeah. It's called calamarata. Oh, there you go. Isn't that nice? It's so nice. The other day I was at, um, Rucola. Where'd you used to work? Rucola. Arugula, as we say in America. Yeah, yeah. Why were you at BAM? No, BAM. It's far away from BAM. Rucola. Where is that? It's in Fort Greene or Clinton Hill. Where is it, Jeremy? Clint Hill? It's by BAM. Just so you know, it's by BAM. No, it's, it's not. Like people It's after closer BAM to Roulette. There. Sure, you can walk there. Yeah. Borm Hill. Yeah. But I went there with Russell after a, a Nutcracker show, and I think, yeah. And I got a dish called Trené, and I was like, ooh, how mysterious. And it arrived. It was a pasta dish. And I was like, oh my God, they're like penne, but triangles. And Russell was like, Trené. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. Penny um, triangles. Penny triangles. Those are your gifts. I got you all Italian food gifts. I love it because I love eating. And a tote bag. And I don't want anything that I have to, you know, that takes up more space. No, no. And I learned from when I got you that shirt that one time to like never get you clothes. I'm just like my mother in that way. Really? Can but you if imagine? your mother gets you clothes, do you return as well? Oh no, because they're usually amazing. Uh huh. She nails it. Yeah, but anyone else who gets me clothes generally is just like, thank you. Can I have the receipt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your mother is the same. Oh, you can't buy her clothes. I mean, I have gotten her a couple garments that have been okay. Remember when you got those shoes? I think she did made she me return them? those. Yeah. But I, I think she did keep one of the other things. Yeah. You have to buy her something like, basically, either have to buy her something totally exquisite that costs a million dollars, or you have to find like the best, most incredible, like French painter smock from like the 1600s or something. Right. Then she's like, good. But otherwise, she's like, garbage. Ugh. Throw it in the garbage. Yeah, that's really. What am I going to do with this Eileen Fisher skirt? <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, she will. She does wear Eileen Fisher stuff. Um, yeah, she's specific, specific taste. Yeah. Thank you. I love my presents. You're welcome. I really love them, and I'm gonna eat them. I think they'll be good. They're gonna be delicious, and this tote bag is so good. I'm jealous. Jealous of what? The oh, bag. how good it looks. Will it? We just gotta figure it out. I know, yeah. I mean, our puzzles are amazing. Our puzzles are Ladies, gentlemen, and other, if you are looking for, like, a fierce Christmas gift, we have 
these puzzles that this are is bag goo tote bag this is a nice tote bag this isn't like where we get i get ours from like totebags.com no this is she gets this is nice, nice things this is she nice. does things nice there yeah. yeah she did it nice but our puzzles are really nice and people can get them for your christmas gifts do we have other things to offer people for christmas gifts that they could order are the pins orderable jeremy we you have dance and stuff pin and those can go on your tote bag. There are, I have silk screen tote bags. So we are doing tote bags. We're selling those. Uh-huh. I don't know. We may or may not have tote bags. That's right. You, Reed has silk screen them. Just so you know, they're they look they, homemade. They look homemade. They that do is not for look sure. like. The tote bags from Marcus Strauss. They do not. They look very homemade but because Reed look, did it. I don't mind tote by bags. Hand. Don't need to be anything. They're useful. They are totally useful. Uh, Tell me a dancer who doesn't have a tote bag. At uh, least five. Tote bag is maybe the most useful thing. Can you think of something else? A toothbrush? Toilet paper. Very useful. Nailed it. Toilet paper is perhaps the most necessary and useful of all things. Well, I thought... What did they do in the old times? So my dad, who was born in 1920... Ew. Would... Would... I remember my mom was really, she really always wanted to make sure we had... Did you say 20 or 12? 20. nineteen twenty. Okay. Um, she always wanted to make sure we had enough toilet paper, enough paper towel, all of that. So we always had a lot of that. And my father felt that it would get used too quickly. So he'd be like, you should only have to use three squares, pieces, three squares of toilet paper when you go to the bathroom. And my mother was like, mm-mm, no. Nope. That is not right. And she was like, use as much as you want. Maybe your dad had like a totally hairless hole. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. He just didn't need it. His poop just like slipped out and went right into the toilet. No mess. Do you know what I mean? I guess if you're trying to cut back on toilet paper money, you can go get sugared. Like Jack's I mean, 92-year-old dead dad. 92? He died at... He was older than that, girl. Wow. He died at, like, 90... He died in January of... He died at 96. Wow. He died in January 2017. That is so crazy. She really did it. But the point is, they would use catalogs. They'd use, like, you would get that Sears Robot catalog, even back then, back in the day, or, like, newspaper. I can see, like, the texture of would, newspaper would work. At, I mean, the catalog thing, I think, was like newspaper. I was was first imagining, like, you know, like, um, winter silks. And I thought, that's no good. Winter silks? It's like a Pottery Barn catalog, but they sold silk long underwear. Oh, it was a catalog. Yeah. But it was, I'm sure, glossy. Yes. Yeah, people weren't using a glossy in 19. You never saw a winter silks catalog? No. What catalogs came to your house? International Mail. Oh, my God. That's so important. (laughs) Talk about him. I don't know how useful. I got. I don't know how I got my hands on one of those. So, well, honey, this is the tea. Definitely about, interlocking. But this is what's weird about international mail. Is even before I went to interlocking, like I was in middle school when that shit started showing up to my house. Somehow, international mail found out 
every little gay kid in the 90s. <laughs> like, they were literally, and Wait, I remember what being, was the company that sold, like, the really, really, like, slutty women's lingerie that would come in a catalog? It Victoria's was, Secret? No, it was, like, my, like where there's, like, slits down the center of the bra right over the nipples. So it was, like, no, I never got nipples that. out bra. Mine was so, maybe that was coming because of your brother. Well, it was but the name we of we were woman. getting international mail because we were gay, and they knew it. The government? Uh, uh, well. They knew. Advertisement. Yeah. I remember there was a coat in it that was like a military button-down, like, to-the-floor coat. Mm -hmm. And on my first day at Interlock, and I saw Ken Jones walking down the... that coat. ...the road in a coat that I thought was that. And I was like, oh, my God. He's it. He's it. He's a model. He's got that coat. Can you believe that catalog? I feel like we that catalog that was like Europe, you know, like they you could see the penises through the yes, like a mesh jock jock strap. My God, that was. I was like, thank whoever's sending this thing. (laughs) You know, I was like, thank God. I remember my my mother ordered me a couple like shirts out of it. I think. I literally, I think Roy had, like, some weird porny kind of things under his mattress that I once discovered. Mm, and like I, a playgirl or, just, like, a gay No, one. like, much weirder than that. Wow. Well, Almost like as if it were printed on, like, telephone book paper, like, yellow. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, I, I think we were just, you picked that up because I said my dad used, no, like, the phone book and, my like, memory. newspaper. Okay. And I literally just walked past him on the street. Or didn't, but he didn't Sydney. see me. Yeah. He didn't see you. No, but I was walking and then he And you was, didn't say Roy or I anything. had to get to the train. Where were you? By Union Square. He was headed to the public. I'm sure he's in a show. He's in a show at the public. Yeah. Okay. Um, Don't throw mama from the train. It <laughs> is not. He is not. Wouldn't that be... Was that turned into a musical? No, but it would be a good musical. Now, but wasn't it called Throw Mama from the Train? I think it was called Don't Throw... I think it's called Throw Mama from the Train. With Billy Crystal. And with that mom from the Goonies. Incredible. She was... was There's a little bit of my mom in there. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. She was really good. Who was was the other? There was another... Danny DeVito. It was Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito in that one. Now, was she the mom of Danny DeVito and Billy Crystal? No. Danny DeVito was like, look, you throw my mom from the train and I'll do a murder for you. Really? I think it was uh, like... If you do my murder, I'll do yours. And um, I see Jeremy typing over there. Is he is he resolving the? Issue? I'm sure he's not looking it up. Oh. He's probably doing work because he has a job where he like has to work until you know midnight or something. Sometimes, um, it was you know because there was this old I think it's a Hitchcock where where someone's like if you do which I think takes place on a train where it's like. If you do, uh, if you kill this person for me, I'll kill that person for you, and we won't be able to be traced because we don't know those people. We're a stranger to them. How would we ever, you know, mm-hmm. we can't be tracked that way? And I think it was a kind of re- a comedic remake where I think she, I don't think she dies. I don't remember at all. She might even get pushed off the train and come back, you know, with like grass in her hair. Like, like do you, you pushed me? Do you remember the premise of trains, planes, and automobiles? Was I he remember, someone trying to get somewhere? It's John Candy and Steve Martin. I don't know, and they gotta get somewhere and through planes, trains, and automobiles. It was highly babies. formative. Baby boom. What about the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? Twins. Twins. Didn't we just talk about that? Yeah. On Podcast. I love movies from the eighties. I love big movies. business. Heaven. Incredible. I also outrageous fortune. 
Incredible. Can you remember that? Kind of. I rem- Shelley Long yeah, was I- like, she was like a very high level acting student in New York who's doing her movement classes and her Stanislavski. Right. And she's dating Peter Coyote. Right. But so is Bette Midler. And Bette Midler's like a and then they tramp. To, and then they have to run across the Grand Canyon at the end. They somehow end up in Arizona or something. Well, I mean, New Mexico. maybe it's not Grand Canyon, but they have to do those jetés over those cliffs. Over those finger mountains. Yes. And Shelley Long does the most beautiful soda shaw <laughs> over the mountains. It's a body double, but incredible. And you, that is, there's a, pre, a what's that called? Premonition, not a premonition. They show that that's going to happen in the beginning of the movie when she's in ballet class and she's the one who can jump the furthest because the ballet teacher's marking how far they jump with chalk on the floor. Do you remember yeah. that? No, I don't. So I'm going to have to go back. What's that called when they do that? Um, What's that called? Wait, just don't pressure me for a moment. Okay. It's foreshadowing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Theater tools. <laughs> <laughs> theater tools. Hashtag theater tools. Hashtag foreshadowing. Hashtag actor secret. Um, secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really good. But you know what? I loved the movies in the nineties. I really. What were those? Oh my god! So like all Adam's family. Oh, oh, I mean, uh, so good. Uh, what are you gonna do with your life without all the best Tim Burton movies? Um, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Beetlejuice. For me, Beetlejuice might be eighties. Yeah, I think it's before. And then Edward Scissorhands was like 1990. Let me think through that. Could Beetlejuice be the 80s? I think Yeah, I think it's before Edward Scissorhands. It is. It's the first, like, Tim Burton that kind of comes on our radar. Yeah, and then we get Edward Scissorhands, and then things get dicey. Well, we I got think Batman. we get Batman Returns before Edward Scissorhands. But then we got weird ones like Sleepy Hollow and the... Not great. Not great. I mean, not, uh, Tim Burton just it didn't, it didn't quite work... Yeah. It started to like fall apart. Nightmare Before CGI. Christmas was good. Right. Claymation. And then we got also Big Fish. He started to get very sentimental somehow. It's, well, it started to get a little spooky. It was more when the CGI came in and then you get something like well, I mean, his remake of Willy Wonka, oh, Alice in honey, Wonderland. Honey. It scares Only- me about Dumbo. Do you know what I mean? I know, but we watched the trailer and, and it, it looks, looks very good. touching. It looks really touching. And Colin I mean, Farrell. How are you going to fuck that up? Like, it's a be- cute, cute, like, impossible so cute. elephant, so and his mom gets taken away. What are you going to do? With- I mean, can you fuck that up that bad? I don't know. We'll see. I really... It's weird. I mean, his remakes have been... The- I do feel like there has to be one other good Tim Burton movie that we're not remembering right now. Um, Of course. the That uh, Mars, Mars Attacks, didn't he do that? I think he... I think Mars Attacks Though is I'm great. not sure. Um, I think he did. Glenn Close is in that. Incredible. And he, also when he did the um, the guy, Ed Wood. Ed oh, Wood yeah. Was such Johnny a great Johnny Depp movie. is such a kind of amazing vehicle for him. Truly. But then not in like Charlie and the, or like the. I'm not actually mad at Johnny Depp's performance in that movie. It was no. peculiar, but. Remember the Sweeney Todd one? That yes, he did Sweeney to. Todd. It was pretty... It was a mistake know. to cast his wife. I don't even want to think about... Well, they're not together anymore. I don't want to think about that. I want to think about those other movies from the 90s I loved so much. So good. The Grifters. Um, Misery. 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 
What's incredible. another? Let's just keep naming 90s movies. This is fun. That are so good. Men Don't Leave was 1989-90, right at the beginning. That was really good. Um, Big. I think that was the 80s. Big as the 80s. Yours really sticking more to the I guess the 80s, 80s was really the time of, like, fantastic reality. Like... Fantastic reality and complicated family drama. You know, uh, like, where it started to complex. I mean, it was coming out of the 70s where it was really, like, things are rough. Right. And then the eighties were like, people have families, but it's complex. You know what else was the nineties? Titanic. That is the first movie I left to go to the bathroom during. <laughs> I was like, this is so so long. Yeah. And I've never watched it again. It was one of those movies where I saw it like several it was in the theaters for like a year, first of all. I evolved. At least. And I I went several months in and I was like, this is going to rock my world, knock my socks off. I was at Interlock In. I went to the mall on Monday as you do. You saw it your senior year then. I don't know. Because I saw it my first year in New York. There you go. And I think I was so convinced I was gonna like it that I had like a I did enjoy it in a way. And then seeing it subsequently, I've been like, this is very bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very not bad. good. You know what else I thought I was going to love? Because I'd listened to the soundtrack over and over again. It came out shortly before Titanic, Evita. Oh. I listened to the soundtrack. I was like, oh my God, Madonna, you're doing it. You're I could actress. never, I would never try to get through that movie. Watching Madonna try to sing. Andrew Lloyd Webber, just so well, much garbage. Andrew Lloyd Webber is just... It's, garbage it's piled just on trash. garbage. <laughs> So much garbage. <laughs> Don't say that about M. Madonna with fake teeth singing Andrew Lloyd Webber. With brown contacts. Can you imagine? With brown contacts. Ugh, those teeth. <laughs> Her fake teeth, the brown contacts. Ridiculous. Antonio Banderas. Well, I mean, I can't fault it. You can't play. I mean, we love Antonio. Oh. He was so good. What I mean, a beauty. Still. Still. What is um, he I'll in? Make, you, you know what? Are you ready? Oh, he was in Death Becomes Her. <gasps> 90s. Changed my life. Ch- I mean. I watched it twice in a row. <laughs> my mom brought it home from the video store. I watched it twice in a row. I couldn't sure even believe did. it. I'm sure you did. I was like, someone knows me. Yeah, it's, I mean, script by a gay guy. Robert like, Zemeckis knew me. Well, he was the director, but the script is by. I don't care. I think it's Robbie Bates, but I would need to double check that. Um, Who? David Cobb. Oh, I don't know if that's a gay guy. Is that right? Was I right, Jeremy? I don't even know who that is. I don't. I don't know either. Well, way to go, David Cobb. Your script was nailed it. Nailed it. You got to be gay. I can't imagine you not. Incredible actors, Isabella Rossellini, in at the peak of her beauty, and just like with excessive beauty. That movie's that, and it holds up. It truly The does. opening of Meryl Streep singing that song of looking in the mirror and that it's Sweet Bird of Youth, which is a Tennis Williams play that they've oh turned into a musical. I see me. me. And I, I like what me. I see. <laughs> it's heaven. It's really good. It's definitely formative. Um, yeah, there's a lot of ones like that. And that was really when like they started to nail special effects. Oh, yeah. I was like, how are they doing this? Yeah. Meryl Streep's head is backwards. Oh, so incredible. Can and I didn't doubt that. I bet they had a good time. I bet they laughed. Can I, I mean, Bruce I know I said it before. Willis. He's incredible. He That's when he was like, I so really handsome. believed in him. I, he's so handsome. I just don't even know what to do. Just 
I'm going back for one second. We'll come back to Death Becomes Her. But Antonio Banderas was in Philadelphia. Do you remember that? Um, yes. He was the, like, very wonderful boyfriend to Tom Hanks. Yes. How good is that? I mean, I remember... I You know, weirdly, as a child, I was, like, semi-indifferent. To Philadelphia? Yeah. Well, I mean... I didn't have a lot of feelings. Well, I think at that point, watching a movie and having feelings about it was hard. Yeah. I remember crying in movies as a as a t- young teen. I mean, I should watch it again. It was I definitely remember being like I would certainly remember feeling panicked and being oh. like I'm gay and what's That's going so funny. On? When I would watch a movie or hear anything about AIDS, I was just like there's no way. Hmm. I didn't even I, I had no anxiety about it. Well, you weren't having kids, like, slamming into a locker saying, you're going to die of AIDS, faggot. Right. And I also sort of, I guess it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because I was basically like, I'm not going to have sex. And it wasn't even, like, AIDS-related. It just was, like, something else. Huh. I know. Because you were like, I'm going to be a ballet star? No. I don't know. It's interesting. It would take some therapy to really I know, and unravel you don't have time that. For that. You're never gonna do that. <laughs> You're ne- I'm as, I've learned to give up. I've given up the ghost. Well, look at me now. Me that. I'm just reg- regular. Mm, that's tough for sure. You definitely I'm just have stuff. fully perfect now. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so we were talking about Death Becomes Her and Bruce Willis, and we were talking about, oh, Meryl Streep. Okay, and we talked about Meryl Streep, that she makes a one-minute appearance in Mamma Mia, but mm-hmm. you guys, I rewatched her one-minute appearance in Mamma Mia, and it is worth YouTubing. Oh, can you just watch that? You can just watch it. She's really great. You know, I, I, I'll always love her. I think she's a genius. I, I, Into the Woods just wasn't great. It wasn't. It wasn't and I know great. people didn't like her in Doubt, but I did. Um, I thought she was great in doubt. I just got to see it with Cherry Jones, which was that's incredible. Yeah, that's well, you're really like, well, that's you. It was, <laughs> like it was so. Also, she was so. Cherry Jones was so conflicted. I love Cherry Jones' accent. I love the way she speaks. Cherry Jones is incredible. New York theater royalty. Truly, I mean, they let her in some movies. Unfortunately, thank God, like the crop circle one. Signs. Signs. I enjoyed that She's until the rubber alien, but I really I know, enjoyed until it. Until the rubber alien and someone getting a cold. Wasn't that how they like kill it? Someone has a cold, someone like coughs on it. No think. water. Oh, it's the cold is end of the planet of the world or whatever with Tom Cruise. Oh, I also enjoyed that. War of the Worlds. Oh, I can I didn't, I didn't like that. I, I like end of the world like. stuff. I don't really, I really realized, especially as I was thinking back on the movies of this past year, I'm not into action movies unless it's a female protagonist. And then I realized I'm not really into movies if it's not a female protagonist. Well, what was the one we were talking about before War of the Worlds? Jack. What was the one we were talking about before War of the Worlds? Mm. It's also an end of the world movie. Signs. Oh, Signs. Uh-huh. So in Signs, as you'll recall, the little girl has this very aggravating habit of getting cu- cups of water and then leaving them all over the house. Oh, yeah. And she's always being reprimanded about, about yeah. it, but then it ends up saving their life because the aliens don't like water, and when the alien comes in the house, they're able to just throw water at it from all angles. 
And it, does it dissolve, like, the witch? Something. And it was a silly ending to what is actually a very suspenseful movie. It does. Uh, you know, that's the thing. Once you show the monster, it's no longer frightening. It's a mistake. Did you ever see The Conjuring? Yes. Uh, that movie is absolutely terrifying until she's, like, full-possessed, and then you're like, right. I'm not afraid anymore. Yeah. It is so scary until she's well, just... Well, it's like Suspiria. Uh, where it's so good, it's pretty scary, it's grotesque, until it's too much. Until it's just... And then it's a comedy. A full, full comedy. I laughed some to myself while also feeling deeply uh, frustrated. I just wrote, my eyes were spinning in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, ugh. Yeah. Long, as, un, I, you know, I felt as long as Titanic. I know. That, that is another movie I left to go to the bathroom during. If any of you need to amuse yourself in the coming days, please start following Henry Cavill on Instagram. Wow. Never seen anything like it. Can you imagine? No, I heard about it on a podcast this morning. It was, when you sent them to me, it was incredible. We have to redo them for our video content. I don't know about that. I know, uh, maybe you can redo them. I don't know about doing reenactments of Henry Cavill, like being a bag of rocks, you know? Well, but it's not that. It's him being, it, to me, what got me was the kind of, uh, I mean, just that opening line of, I'm in my garden in Hungary. Like, that, it was a thing about, it was a, and this happens now on Instagram or wherever, where people with a lot of privilege somehow forget their place. Here's my question. And then say it, like, point blank as if it's not a joke. Not on, like, going over one's intense career in the third person. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a little... My question around Henry Cavill... Henry Cavill doing these like talking into his phone situations is 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 his PR team saying like what you ought to do is give people like some you know uh, some of your thoughts you're waxing and waning on trees or whatever into or wa- waxing poetic waxing poetic uh-huh. Uh-huh. on on a on your phone people are gonna love it. Do you think that's why? Because he could just take his shirt off, and I think a lot more people would love that. No, I mean, Mike, I think that he truly, and I think that's great that he is talking about nature and the environment in this way. What? Well, he's like, trees are really important, and it's like, okay, I mean, it doesn't, I don't, I haven't watched all these videos. I only watched the two that you sent me, and that was enough before I, I couldn't do any more than that today. That was mm-hmm. plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think that this is his direct experience. And it he really is, is it feels it very unfiltered. As a, a journal on Instagram. Did you notice that there's a weird sign-off? Mm. Which is very culty. I don't remember the language around it, but he's like, and, you know, in the end, this is where we're all headed. You mean nature? Basically, like, it's all part of, like, the the experience of, like, moving towards death. I had to kind of, like, watch it with, like, one eye on, one eye off. Because, like, it was a little... Uh, I, they were difficult. They are very unusual. He seems very... Like, a full simpleton. <laughs> L- no, like, truly. Like, <laughs> like literally, there, like... There is really... I, there, the, there is... No one as ruthless as you read. No, it's but really... well, it was startling to me. I was really, like... Wait a minute. Is this real life? It is. It's his Simpleton. Re- it's his real... Have you ever, like, spent a lot of time... I mean, you've spent time in New York with people who have, like, wild amount of privilege. Sure. 
And sure. now, and have you ever done that in LA? Around like Hollywood? Hmm. Not really. Most of my LA experience is mm. with like the behind the scenes people. Mm. You know, the rat faced people of mm. behind the scenes. Mm. Although my Aunt Jane's very beautiful, but yeah, I mean, it's a it, you know, I think uh, this is when we like get you know, it's that thing of when we just it, I, 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 it, when people are sort of cloistered away and like with a lot of money and a sort of and celebrity and it it can sort of maybe it makes things as simple as you not recognizing uh, like how it could be heard when you are beginning something by being like I'm here in the quiet of my garden in Hungary I mean there's a way to do it which I love like when Judy Dench was like hugging trees and being like Trees are my thing now. But when someone's walking in the that. woods and it's just like, I really love nature. And I mean, like, you know, just regular nature. I mean, that line I was incredible. was like, what? Regular nature. Regular nature. I love nature, you know, regular nature. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky, it's a, it's a tricky thing. Like, I mean, I bet he's really sweet or kind or, I mean, I hope so. I mean, we can get the scoop from Taylor because he's done movies with him and it right. doesn't sound like that. It sounds like he's um, very self-involved. Oh, well, it's a pretty, it's, I but mean. How, who are we to say? We don't know Henry. We don't know. We don't know. To, We're would you like to be on the podcast? Henry, would we you can, like to be on the podcast? We can record an episode in the woods. We can talk about different kinds of nature. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh. I mean, it'd be great to look at him for an hour. Do you know? Um, I mean? He's not my bag, but sure. Like, it's, but I'm, I mean, like, if he were standing in front of you, it'd be pretty overwhelming. I wouldn't be overwhelmed by him. Really? No, not, I'm not overwhelmed by him. Really? Mm, isn't that weird? It's like Michael Fassbender. I mean, okay. I'd be, that's overwhelming to me. Okay. Like, Michael Fassbender is overwhelming to me, as is that guy from Mad Men. John Hamm? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. No. There's something about, he's so charming and, like, goofy, and I know he'd make me laugh right away, and I would... You know, turn into yeah. a puddle on the floor. Yeah. Mm. I like when when those kind of like charismatic movie stars do Billy on the street. I think there's mm. something to be said for that. It means they have like a sense of humor about themselves. Because in the end, they're going to be dragged. Right. I don't know about now, but back in the day, I would have felt that way about Mark Wahlberg. Wow. Like if I would have met Mark, Mark I would have been like, Wahlberg. oh my God, wow, what's happening and stuff. Yeah. If I had met young Johnny Depp, bye girl, bye. Be it was fun. never like... And a sexual attraction for me, but I definitely see the Well, gaps. I was so in love with him I that, see. like, sex would have happened because we were in love. For me, it was more Val Kilmer in Real Genius. Oh, ick. Remember that? Um, I didn't like... I never found Val Kilmer attractive. Oh, Willow? Mm-mm. No. Interesting. No, Carrie Ewells. Yes. Oh, from Princess Bride. Yeah, but then he did what Men did in you Tights, call him? and was funny. Carrie Ewells? I believe that's his name. It's... E L L W E S. L W S. I think that's right. Carrie Ools. Carrie Ools. I just looked him up recently and I was like, he still got it. Um, I looked up someone else recently too who was so handsome and I was like, you're still really handsome. So from the 90s. Um, from our time. Not Val Kilmer. I just wasn't into it. Bad things have happened to him. Oh, you mean what it looks like now? Yeah, it's um, not great. When Val Kilmer did this Batman Forever, there was a guy in that who was also so beautiful. I was like, Chris oh. O'Donnell. Uh-huh. This, uh huh. There was this guy in that. Yeah. Remember, remember how he was also in Men Don't Leave? 
Oh my god. Yeah, he was like a child in that, so different. But you know, my god. Yeah. But uh, John Cusack. I was thinking of Joan Cusack. John Cusack. Gorgeous. Oh, he was so sweet. So cute. Boyfriend so material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take you to a coffee shop. Oh my god. Um Are trying to think of cute guys from the nineties now? Mm-hmm. I kinda went there. Well, Remember how, like, Mickey Rourke was supposed to be sexy, but then he turned crazy? I never got it. Yeah, I was I never, never into him. I was never into him. Okay. Now, I think this person was sexier b- right before they got famous. I think this person, they weathered pretty well, but when they were young, it was crazy, which is Alec Baldwin. Can you yeah, imagine? I mean, I mean, so handsome. Beetlejuice was kind of like the... You know f- I did two movies with him. I know. So, and also... I know. Also really gets the gays. Uh, yeah. He's really like, I get it. Well, because he was sort of like brought up by like gay men when he was doing soap operas and stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You should listen to him on Here's the Thing. I listened to the Maggie episode. <gasps> Wait a minute. With Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. Someone interviews Alec on an episode of something and he talks about himself. And now I can't remember. I have him on this. I should ask. Well, now. that would be in... Sane and I impossible. I don't know about that. The last time I saw him, he bought me a coffee and we just talked. That's very nice. Sweet. He was He's... like, "You look poor." Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm up here for therapy." And he was like, "You want a coffee?" I was like, "Yeah." Um, because I was in the Upper West when I when he used to live in the Upper West. Um, oh my god! If you look at old pictures of Alec Baldwin, he looks like Ryan Gosling. I know, but you know, I don't know what to tell you. Like when you also like think about like. Billy Baldwin. Oh. Or like Steven. Is Steven in Threesome? Yes. Honey. Wasn't that formative? Honey. I didn't even know what to do with my life in that movie. I was like, what's happening? I was also like, I would do this. This is right. Who's the other guy? Josh Charles. Don't recall. They live at, he and Alec Baldwin live in the same building. <laughs> oh. Um, who's the girl in Threesome? Um... Her name is Laura Flynn Boyle. <gasps> it's Lara. Lara Flynn Boyle. Or maybe can it is Laura. Can you imagine that I know that? It is Okay, incredible. can you help me with well, something? Well, I knew her from Twin Peaks. There's Mary Stuart Masterson. Uh-huh. And who's the other Mary something something who's in... Mary Red- Meister Antonio. No. Mary something something who's in Red Sparrow. No. Not Mary Stuart Masterson oh, yeah. from Benny and June. Right. Mary something something. Mm-hmm. From Weeds. From, from Weeds. From playing Harper. From Red Sparrow. From playing Harper and Angels. In America? Mary Louise Parker. Parker. Mary Louise, yes. Now the mother in Roma. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you see it. Oh, she sort of looks like Mary Louise. There's something in there. Now, I mean, Mary Louise Parker's face is now frozen. Is it? And pulled to the gods. Oh, I haven't seen her. Have you, did you not see her in Red Sparrow? You saw she her. She looked normal. No. Oh. But she was hilarious in oh. that movie. So funny. Comic relief. You know that Parker was sent that script. Did she talk about it when we interviewed her? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, no one gets hit by a bus as good as that. That was... Uh, that movie. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. one of those movies that you really just need to see with a New York audience, because people... We laughed and laughed. Laughed and It was really good. It was really good. I'll never get over it. You sent me to horror school, and the yeah. girl next to me laughed so hard. <laughs> you sent me to horror We school. both laughed so hard, just tears <clears throat> in our eyes. Um, I think Jennifer Lawrence is taking a break. 
She is. She said that. She needs it. She, well, no, she did an interview saying that she's taking two years to, like, rally kids to Democrat. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. She's, like, politic. She's, like, we... I'm going to take a break and we need to get... I need to help out here. Um, she, she I mean, she's from To Kill a Mockingbird. Wait, can you imagine that I just said that? No. She's from... She's the Mockingjay. She's from Mockingjay, but I really... We have to we have to close up soon and eat because my brain is starting to die. Remember when Jennifer Lawrence started that trilogy called To Kill a Mockingbird? Can you even imagine? <laughs> it's on Broadway right now, To Kill a Mockingbird. Is it? I looked at a photo and I thought... I thought of that clip that we saw of Betty Davis. I don't like theater. She goes, I hate theater. I hate theater. I hate Are there celebrities theater. in it? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you who, though. Oh, uh, I probably... I'm glad don't. people are going to go see it. Look, if there's going to be something on Broadway and you want to do a remount, it's a good one to do a remount about. Um, I wish they'd hired me to play Boo Radley. Oh, my God. You are absolutely Boo right? Radley. Wouldn't I be terrifying? Yeah. Well, and also you'd look haunted and kind of like, I know what happened. Yeah. Um, old plays like that, who would I be? Oh, you know who'd be the best Boo Radley? Matt Rogers. Max? <laughs> That's so mean. You were really just like on a full, on a full cruel birthday week tear. It's like, you know what? It's my birthday. I'm going to say all of it now. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say it all. Um, it's your birthday week. I know. It's your birthday, girl. Happy birthday. What does being 38 feel like? Um, like 36 was cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Ferris, Ferris, yes, I'm turning it out. 38, I was like, oh my God. 37 never happened. 37 didn't happen. <laughs> and then 38, 38, I think, started to feel a little bit of a wall, like grabbing a wall and like gasping for air. I think 38 is when, 39, so then 38 would be when my dad died. Can I just say that this year has been incredibly long? This year has been really long. Like, when I... I don't want... I can't do one more injury. Like, I'm I done. mean, think about that... Capture, capture, foot that break. That your, your show, The Guggenheim, happened this year. And not even, like, a whole year ago. Like, April. Yes. That we is did the Guggenheim. insane. We did The Guggenheim. We did my show. I did... I don't even Pan. remember what was we happening did. in the new year. Like, what happened last January? I don't know. I couldn't tell you, girl. Wait. wait I have no idea. I do know. What we happened? did... APAP. What APAP? We did, a, we did an APAP as a showing. Oh. We did a showing everything's imaginable. I'd been in Brazil for Juan Pablo and Jamie's wedding. I came back and was totally sick, like she does in the winter seasons. Please may that, may that not Where happen. was our APAP? In the studio at New York Live Arts. Oh. And. I remember it. I remember it. We just did our solos. We just, you guys just did the we solos. We just did our solos. Yeah, we just did the solos. What else? That's what we did in January. And then something else happened, and I don't recall. I don't either. I can't tell you. I know something happened, but I can't tell you what it is. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I think I was doing jobs at San Francisco Ballet. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That seems right. At any rate. Oh, two of them are Reed and Harriet shows made it to the Alistair Macaulay top 10 list, which is nice. For the year in dance. The, you mean reading here at the Guggenheim? No. Can you imagine? Would that be amazing? <laughs> no, that did not get reviewed in the Times. Um, Obviously, Pam Tanowitz says because yeah. Alistair. Number lured. one, uh-huh. one on his list was Four Quartets. Uh-huh. And then, amazingly, that piece that we did for Justin in San Francisco, which like didn't get a huge reception on the West Coast, but East Coast 
critics like it a lot. It's a very good piece, and I, Harriet and I liked it very much, but Justin just wasn't as crazy about it. Hmm. But it's a great dance, and he and Alistair liked it. Well, there you go. There Congratulations, you go. Rod and Harriet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, what's... What do you want for this next year? Um, I'd like... We'll do this again oh, at New okay. Year's, but since this is your birthday... Well, then let's wait. Should we just wait till the New Year's to talk about what we yeah, want? Yeah, I don't care about my birthday. You don't? Not really. What did you do as a child for your birthdays? Of various. Uh, I remember... The ones I remember, I'll go through quickly. I remember one year... I have, I'm listening. I'm just, I'm just going to put some water in this My pot. And, and mind you, me. I only had, like, birthdays with my family until I was nine. So... Um, I, like there was no friends who came over or anything? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you about that. Okay. So when I turned like eight or nine, my father and his girlfriend took a group of us from my class to... You can fill the water pot. I'll just keep I talking. Mean, yeah, dinner time. Jeremy just gave me this like... Why don't we just end this? No, I'm going to tell them about how we went to... My dad took us to Woman Rink, and we went ice skating, and then we went to his house, and we had lunch, and that was a birthday party. And I even remember one of the kids was an exchange student from Italy. Did you ever go to Chuck E. Cheese or anything like that? No, 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 no. They didn't have that. We didn't have that. Um, And then sometimes it was just like a Christmas birthday combo, because, you know, like, my birthday's quite close, so. It's pretty close. Um, And that's all I really remember of childhood birthdays. And then when you're at boarding school, sometimes they let you reach your hand into a bag and pull out a random gift. What was your favorite gift you ever got for your birthday? I don't know. Teddy Ruxpin. Uh, um, Teddy Ruxpin was really good. Again, nope, that's the 80s, isn't it? Oh, very. I had Teddy Ruxpin and I had Grumpy. I had Grubby. Grubby. Whatever. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys, thank you, you guys. for listening to us discuss garbage for... <laughs> An hour and 24 minutes. You know I'm not opposed to a really long podcast. And if you're interested in long podcasts that I find really funny, listen to Seek Treatment with Cat and Pat. They go on for two hours, and I am for it. Do they have guests? Yes. All the time? No. Well, I don't know. They're like us. I think they do have it all the time. But they get people like Jordan Firstman and Aaron Gibson, like comedy people, yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it really is. Um, all right. Well... Become a patron. Yeah, be a patron through Patreon and look up with dance and stuff on Patreon and, and you can give like us money. Thank you to Leah Price. Ah, uh, thank you, Leah. Emily Modrel. I don't think that she became a Oh, whatever. Patron. She gave us something. And then someone recent who we know. Someone recent, like today, but we'll talk, we'll, we'll acknowledge all our patrons in the future. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do something, well, I, will we? Well, somehow, you'll be acknowledged somehow, that's for sure. We loves you. We loves you.